Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us again here on Life Lounge. Life Lounge is an event organised by Ballycrocken Presbyterian Church. It's simply an invitation to worship and an opportunity to reconnect with familiar faces from the church family. On this session, we'll be having a chat with Marty Gray and Andrew Cowan. But before we go much further, allow me to open for us in prayer. God who forgives us, God whose forgiveness leads us back into relationship, with the grace we have received from you, let us work to mend what forgiveness makes possible. May we stress not a desire to be proved right, but a desire to make right what still needs forgiven. Amen. For your glory 
And now to that reconnection with Marty Gray. Earlier in the week, I had the privilege of having a chat with Marty. He was with the church family as a student, as a teenager, and Marty's now married and is a minister in a Presbyterian church in East Belfast. But I'll let Marty tell you all about it from the comfort of his big yellow chair. Let's listen in. Well, I'd like to extend a warm welcome now to Marty Gray, who's going to join us on Life Lounge. And I'm just going to start by asking Marty to introduce himself, tell us all a bit about himself and his connection to Ballycrock and Presbyterian Church. So welcome, Marty. Good to see you again. Uh, Thanks, Brian. Let's hear a bit about you. Yeah, lo- lovely to be on. Lovely to reconnect with Ballycrock. So my name is Marty Gray. Um, I grew up in Ballycrocken as a teenager and as a child in the congregation and all the all the youth stuff, and it was brilliant. And uh, I'm now actually a minister, so I'm a minister in Ravenhill Presbyterian Church at East Belfast. I'm married to Emma, who's a banger girl, and we have two boys, Joshua, who's six, Micah, who's three, and we have another baby on the way in September. So very exciting and busy times, but that, that, that's who I am, and it's it's just lovely to reconnect, Brian. Yeah, young. congratulations to you both on that. Your family's obviously growing. Yep, um, exciting and terrifying at the same time. It's great. Oh yeah, welcome to welcome to family life. <laughs> yeah, have <laughs> known that for a while now, anyway. So, um, tell us then, uh, when did the Ravenhill experience commence? Is that a, is that a fairly recent thing, or is that in the past couple of yeah, years? Yeah, I have been at Ravenhill for almost three years now, and Ravenhill is a, it was a church that was kind of declining and struggling and they got a five-year tenure and they called me as their minister so I, I have a five-year tenure at Ravenhill now um, I'm hopeful that we'll get an extension at the end of that five years or hopefully even a bit longer maybe even a definite call but I've been there for, for almost three years and it's just been brilliant it's been a great experience and we've just had a, a ball seeing God at work it's been it's been great really really good really positive and encouraging brilliant and how would you describe the profile of your congregation is it a fairly young uh, congregation sure. Yeah, so it, it was an aging, it was an aging congregation, um, and that was one of the problems. If you like, that was why it was only given a five-year tenure because of the aging congregation. But um, God, in His grace, has just brought uh, a lot of young adults into the congregation in recent years. Um, people in their their twenties, students, young professionals, and that has just given a whole new, um, just a whole new dynamic to, to the way things are. And it's been, it's just been great. So we're. We're, we're a real mix of ages and stages. We've students, we've uh, not only a few teenagers, but we've a lot of students and young adults and um, a real a real mix of people now. So it's great. It's like a big family. Good. Good. 
like I suppose every church in the province this past year and a bit has presented a lot of challenges as to how you can get on with your daily work. Um, what's been the biggest challenge for you then at Ravenhill? Um, yeah, I mean, so there's been, well, I suppose we, we haven't maybe been as challenged as, as, as some congregations because we're a small congregation in a massive building, for example, that means that we can actually get everyone in. You don't need a book to come to Ravenhill. You can come and be there. So we've been, whenever we've been open, we've been able to, to get everyone there. Obviously, there was a technology issue. So trying to do church online, um, setting up a phone line service for those who don't have online access. All those technological things were a challenge. But we, we've, well, we, we've kind of got there with those. But we're just thankful that people can now come back. And, and most of our folk have returned, which has been great. But we also had, you know, some... I mean, encouragements and, and new things. So we, we saw there was a, a need in our local community. We're, we're a very mixed community where we are. Um, we would have very affluent houses, maybe 200 metres up the road from the church. But then in the back, we would have kind of two up, two down terrace houses, which are social housing. And so we have a real mix of people and we recognised there was a need. So we started um, a food table on a Friday called Free Food Friday. We've been doing it for over six months now. And we've been able to help people very practically with food and it's given us a lot of new connections with, with international people in the community. So it's been, that's been really encouraging and really positive and that's something that will stay. And also things like Zoom prayer times. Um, you know, we have that every other week and we get more people at our Zoom prayer time than we did you know, at, our, at our meeting in person. So we're going to keep that. So there's been things which have been, have been good as well as challenging. Um, but we, we've just seen God still at work, which has really encouraged us. Yeah, I mean, as a as a minister with um, with a tenure of five years, you feel as if the clock's ticking, and that you've yeah. you've got a certain amount of projects you want to see through. Is there one project in particular that you find yourself really sort of rising to the challenge? To is it is it the food side? Is it the outreach? You know, honestly, we we've we've seen so much change in the past three years, and and this sounds very spiritual, but. But we, God has started doing something that's like we've jumped on board with what he's doing. That sounds so spiritual, but that's really what's happened. He's just opened doors that we could never have seen. So, I mean, Ravenhill, it's not a cool church, but yet students started coming. And you're going, okay, Lord, why is this happening? Um, Music-wise, um, we, we, we wanted to change the music. Um, and there was one guy in the church who was willing to take that on. And then God brought musicians and we have this kind of six-paced band on a Sunday now and these wonderful singers. Um, we, 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 we lack teenagers. We've no teenagers, but yet there's lots of teenagers in the area. Um, and the Lord provided a young life worker and funding for five years. And, and God has just, I mean, I, I have story after story after story of how God has just done stuff and, and we've just got on board with that. And it sounds very spiritual, but, but that's just the way it's happened. And it's just, it's very exciting. So, I mean, the, the next thing, this next year, we'd like to start to focus on mission again and evangelism. Um, and, and we're really going to try to do that kind of coming into Easter. So, yes, pray for our outreach. We really want to start connecting better with the community and, and pointing them to Jesus as well as just helping them. So we're, we're thinking through how to do that. Um, but that. That's the thing I guess you could pray for, for our evangelism in the next year. That would be brilliant. That's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, isn't it interesting that of all spheres, uh, that particularly in the Christian sphere and church sphere, we still get amazed that things can be spiritual and happen outside yeah. the realm of what we actually expect to happen. 
I know, I think it's that idea, you know, you know, I, I went in with some ideas of what, you know, what, what might me do. Um, and, and, and what I found was I went in with those ideas and no, no, here's what I'm doing, Marty, here's what I'm doing. So you, you just, you just get on board with that. And it was, it was just brilliant. And even things like, you know, we also laugh, Brian, when God answers prayer, <laughs> like we've just seen answered prayer after prayer. And, and yet we're still surprised when, when God answers prayer. And it's, it is funny how we are, I don't know, we're strange, aren't we, as Christians? Yes. <laughs> and yet God just does what he wants. And we're we, do, we do ask God for, to make things happen. And then when we do, we think, why did you do that? That's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Great. Now, obviously, you're giving me the impression that uh, it's a fairly busy lifestyle you're plugged into here. Um, and it's probably absorbing a lot of your energies, a lot of your time. Um, what about outside work with your with your family and Emma and so on and the, and the boys? So, you get out and about? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, because we're a family, we do a lot of parks. We do a lot of park visits, a lot of play parks with the boys. Um, obviously, with COVID, we, we love, used to love things like bowling and uh, doing all those sorts of things, but we haven't been able to do those. So that's just the way it is. But we're just we're outside an awful lot. Um, I also get to play golf, which is good. I'm terrible at it, but I love it. So I, I get out, I try to get out once a week for a round of golf. Doesn't always happen, but that's my. Uh, I love doing that. Um, but yeah, and Emma's a very busy. You were always very sporty. So, say that again. You were always very sporty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, we're we're playing a wee bit of football now with some of the local men in the community as well, and that's that's a good outreach. And yeah, so but just as a family, we just try to go out and do things at the weekends and. Most afternoons, I'll, I'll spend time with them as well for an hour or two, which is great. Really good. And do you see, um, seems things they seem to be opening up better now. Uh, do you see a positive foot forward from here on in? Or are you still facing this as the challenges of lockdown? Um, I, I see, a, a, I'm an optimist. You know that, Brian. I'm, I'm Mr. Optimistic. So, I mean, I always see a positive, a positive way forward. Um, I think, I, I think my thinking is, Okay, there are things we are not going to be able to do. Um, and, and what you could do is you could dwell on those and think, well, I can't, we're not going to be able to do these and get very you know, annoyed about that. Or what we can do is say, okay, well, well, what can, what actually can we do? What are we allowed to do? What can we do safely? Why don't we step into that and, and get on with that? And so my view is, you know, that, that's, for, for me, I'm thinking, okay, let, let's see what we can do. And I, I mean, if you, if you believe God is in control and that, that Jesus Christ is building his church, well, then these things are not a surprise to him. Um, and, and so therefore, they're not a surprise to the Lord Jesus. So let's just do what, what we can with, within the means we can um, and trust that this is actually part of his plan and he's not made a, a terrible mistake, you know. So, um, but yeah, so I see it as very positive and I'm excited about what's, what's ahead and I'm excited about restrictions easing a little bit. Um, and I mean, for us, it's just, I think it's just face-to-face. I think it's just trying to get people together again. I think, I think everybody in society, and including the church, has just missed just interaction and, and seeing people. So that'll be a big priority for us. Very good. Yeah. You mentioned at the top uh, there about reconnecting with Valley Crocken, and we are yeah. all about reconnections. That's the whole purpose of us having chats with people that we yeah. remember. Um, do you have any thoughts or memories of Ballycrocken days gone by? Are there people or places or events that stick in your head when you think about Ballycrocken? Yeah, a lot. Um, well, like the, the first would be church. I, I remember going to church. Um, I remember as a child and then you went out to Sunday school. I remember being in Sunday school sitting in these wee plastic chairs 
and singing songs and all that stuff. And like, I was, I, I liked singing, but I always struggled. To, I always remember, I, I didn't know the words to some of them, you know, it's funny how you remember wee things. And then um, as a teenager, I remember being in church and sitting up in the gallery at one stage, you know, and chatting to my friends and having the youth Bible. And then I remember we moved to the front of the church and all the young people, we all sat near the front of the church and there was um, like loads of, loads of people of my age there. And it was, it was great sitting at the front. Um, and I remember gig and I think um, growing in God, Creed Mooney was there as the, I think he was the assistant minister at the time and he got gig going. Um, and I just remember that was, that for me was really, really great um, in two ways. It was great because I came to understand the gospel. Now, I didn't actually become a Christian, <laughs> but I, I understood it. It wasn't, you know, it was very clearly explained who Jesus was, what he came to do, what he called us to do, and to make him Lord of our life as well as just our saviour. And, and I really understood Christ. Um, now, I wanted to be, I, I didn't want to be a Christian. I wanted to live my own way, but I understood it. And that was really good. And the second thing about Gig was the, the male leaders, um, I, I guess I had this view that sort of Christianity was for women and or for sort of soft men or, you know, and it was a bit, I don't know, effeminate or something. And, and yet a gig, what I, who I met were men who were men and loved Christ and followed Christ. So there was Craig, there was um, Dave Rushton, there was um, Andrew McDowell, there was Bubbles, Alan, um, you know, and, and just, I remember just, spending time with these men and thinking, you know, I'd, I'd like to be like these guys, you know, they, they're men and they, they love Jesus and they seem to care about us and they seem to care about their families. And I just remember thinking these, you know, I'd, I'd love to be like these guys one day. So that, that they were hugely influential just in my thinking about Christianity. Yeah. This is, it's, it's wonderful how we don't know it at the time, but the threads of DNA are being formed in our Christian experience. And that's what we're taking on into later life. Yeah, so you can only appreciate and, looking back. Yeah, and I think you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about sowing seeds, you know, in youth and children's work. But I would testify to that that the seeds were sown there, that they didn't come to fruition until I was at university. But they were sown in Ballycrocken and through those things. And I, I guess anybody involved in children's work or youth work, it can be so frustrating and downheartening sometimes because you don't know if it's making any difference. Um, but just to encourage those of you who have Ballycrocken here involved in that, like it, it did, it made a big difference to me. I had this, the, these seeds that were sown um, and the Lord brought them to, to, to fruitfulness at the right time, you know, so, so keep, keep going. Yeah. Do you find at Ravenhill that there's a, a, a growing need for young people? I know you're saying there's not a huge uh, number of, of smaller children, but um, do you see that as, as a ministry to develop? So we no, we've got so we've we've more smaller children. So we've we've quite we've a, have a good group of primary children, and um, but we're lacking in teenagers. So that's what young life our young life is actually primarily set up to be an outreach rather than an than an inreach. Um, so we're we're hoping by God's grace that that God will will reach teenagers in our area. And in our area, I mean, you know, right across the road, there's the bonfire being built. There's there's stacks of teenagers. And many of them without any sort of church connection, many of them knowing very little about Jesus. So we're hoping that as as our young life worker starts to reach out, that that, that lives are changed and that, that yeah. seeds are sown. You know. um, hopefully on the same day that this goes out, um, we'll be talking to um, a mate of yours, possibly, Andrew Cowan. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> Just as, a, as an interesting crossover, what are your memories of Andrew? 
uh, I remember. Uh, I remember Andrew being um, slightly quieter than I was. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know how. I don't know how. Yeah, I just remember being slightly quieter. I grew up. I we went to school with Andrew um, uh, as well, and I just. I mean, I wasn't. We weren't particularly close friends or anything, but just a really great guy. And I know he's. It's funny. I actually think within that wee generation of me and Andrew and Martin Tom, I think there's a whole team of us, and most of us are now plugged heavily into the life of, of local churches. So I think, again, that's some of the fruit of Ballycrocken is, you know, we're, most of us are quite and, and involved in our in our local churches. Yeah. And we're in Christ. Well, I'm fascinated by your story about uh, playing football with the men. Um, yeah. Uh, from the sporty side, uh, that's always been a very good uh, ground, if I can use a pun, to actually strike up relationships. Uh, are you finding that particular exercise is very much a relationship-based uh, uh, thing as opposed to it's, a marriage? It's, 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 it's two-pronged, I guess. Um, so, well, it's maybe more than that. So, so really, whenever I arrived at Ravenhill, we had lots of children from the community coming. And we had very good relationships with their mums. Their mums didn't come to church, but their mums had maybe gone to, to Tots and Co, our mothers and toddlers groups. And the mums would come if there was an all-age service, you know, but the dads, the dads just, we, we, there, wasn't, there wasn't a very good connection with the dads. Um, so so that, that was one thing. We wanted to connect with the, the local dads. The second thing in our area is that suicide, the suicide rate is sky high. Um, and, and, and men generally in our community are very isolated and they feel under a lot of pressure and they don't necessarily have deep relationships and they don't necessarily have a place where they can just let off steam and have a bit of a laugh. Um, and then the third prong, I guess, is that we also want to introduce men to Jesus. Um, we, we want men to, to know that Christianity is for them and not just for the mums. It's that, it's that women thing again. And, and, and I think a lot of the men in our community think of Christianity being you know, for kids and, and for their wives, but not for them. So they're the three things. So we, we really started... Um, uh, we started a men's group and, and it was very clear that it was about three things. It was about making friends, having fun and exploring faith. And, and so all the men who come to our group, every time we meet, we explain this is what the group is about, making friends, having fun and exploring faith. So at the minute, we've done more of the fun things in order to build the relationships. And then we will give up. We're not going to force anybody to explore the faith bit, but we're going to give opportunities further down the line to explore Christianity. So, I mean, we've been to Laser Quest and we've been bowling. This was before COVID and, and we've been to Pirate Golf because that's outside we could do that. And we've played um, five-a-side a couple of times on a local football pitch. And we're just finding at every every single one we've gone to, and there's been more community men than church men. And that's been... Some, someone's on my door. Can you pause this for a second? All right. Okay, so uh, Marty. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. That's real life. That's real life. Um, well, look, uh, it's been great to uh, to reconnect with you. Uh, it's all part of the Life Lounge approach, and it's been great to hear where you are uh, and what you're doing. And, and I'd like to to send you blessings on behalf of our church. It's been great to see you again, and um, lovely in many ways to see that you're in the ministry. You know, and you're you're walking your walk of faith. Um, so keep keep at it, keep doing it. Um, Thanks, man. Thanks. We will support you in prayer for what you've asked us to support you in and what's up and coming. 
Uh, I don't you. have any message for Bally Crockin other than well, whatever. No, just uh, that I've great memories and, and thanks for those and thanks for for investing uh, in me as a child and as a teenager and it's just been it's it's yeah God God has brought fruit from it so just thank you keep okay. keep going and a big hello and blessings from Life Lounge as well so uh, to yourself and to your family your growing family I hope everything uh, goes well for you thanks okay thanks, so bye for now see ya bye everyone thanks Brian.
to that reconnection with Andrew Cowan. A big word of thanks to Evelyn Shaw, who chatted with Andrew earlier in the week. Andrew was with us here in Ballycrocken as a teenager and as a student, and it's fascinating to hear just how he combined his love of music and of God. Let's listen in. It's always great to meet up with people you haven't seen for ages, and that's why it's Brilliant for me to meet up with Andrew again, because we haven't seen Andrew for a long time. And yet, some 10 years or so ago, we think, Andrew was a very significant person in Ballycroggan's worship team, playing the piano and leading us in worship. So it's brilliant to see Andrew, and you're very welcome to Life Lounge, Andrew, and it's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I remember you very well, and so do many others, but for those who weren't around when you were in Ballycroggan, can you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your background, what you did uh, and what you're doing? <laughs> just, just, just a few little things. Uh, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, so, yeah, as you said, my name is Andrew and, um, yeah, I grew up in, in Bangor, was there till I was um, 18, ready to head off to university and was involved in, um, in Ballycrocken from my early teens right through to when I kind of left Northern Ireland and I've, I've been away now for over a decade, I guess. Um, so I was plugged into gig and, and youth club um, and involved on Sundays um, and had many very happy years um, at Ballycrocken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, what was the next part of your question? Sorry. Then what, ha what happened when you left Ballycrocken? Because like That's so many right. of our young people, you see what happens is, we have them and it's brilliant. And then they go off for university or education and work and life and we don't see them again. And we're wondering how that's been for you. Indeed, yes. 
Well, so I think um, the, the first part of this probably would have been because I was, I was still kind of in touch probably for, for my first few years away. So I was, I went off to study. I went to Cambridge after having a gap year in Ballycrocken and working with Craig Mawinney and, and the youth work there. Um, I went off to study theology in Cambridge. Originally, I was going to study history, but the time working with Craig, um, basically, I got kind of bitten by the theology bug, um, and I switched within a week of <coughs> within a week of arriving in Cambridge. I switched subjects to theology, um, much to the kind of <laughs> horror of history history faculty for the moment. But um, so I studied theology. Um, I did a, a master's then after that in theology at Cambridge, and then basically went to test out the waters of full-time ministry a bit bit more. So I had a two-year apprenticeship working as a, a well, I, was, I was a music apprentice um, for a big church in London um, called St. Helens Bishopsgate. Um, and then after that, I stayed on there and had two years as the kind of assistant music director. And I was kind of looking after the music for one of the services that was for predominantly for kind of young adults, young professionals in the city. Um, and then after that, I left, got married um, and left with one of the assistant ministers to kind of be involved in a church revitalization project in West London for six years. Um, and that was in Christchurch, Kensington. Now, these are Anglican churches. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to say. Um, <laughs> it's all right. And, we forgive you. And in, in my time in West London, um, I started to explore further, you know, going on in ministry and um, I guess early 2016, I started going through the what's called the discernment process in the Church of England, which is similar to what happens in PCI. Um, and as of 2017, I started as an ordinand, Church of England ordinand, here in Oxford, which is where I now am, I'm doing another master's, and I'm now currently doing a doctorate. Um, and this is all part of kind of training for ministry and hopefully a role involved in church training and um, academic work as well. Right. So you see yourself going into church training rather than going into parish ministry? Um, I would like to be involved in kind of both areas if possible. So I, I love, I've had some experience teaching um, at college and at the university. Um, and I love doing that. I think that's a valuable way to contribute to the church. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, research and study is, is very useful as well. Um, but I don't want to be detached from normal church life. I think it's a, it's a shame to kind of disappear into a, a kind of library and never, never re-emerge uh -huh, exactly uh-huh uh -huh. so yeah so yeah i mean after this once i finish god willing a year after this um i will serve a curacy somewhere and that'll be a kind of three three or four year assistant minister post mm -hmm. and then after that it'll be the time to kind of decide where to focus more long, long uh, right so you'll have three or four years as a curate and then you'll decide what the next step is. Right. Yeah, what about the music? Because music was a big thing for you, wasn't it? Are you doing yeah. anything with that? Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I was a music apprentice and an assistant music director. And my role in the church graph that I mentioned in West London, in, in Kensington, um, was sort of 50% music and 50% student work. So I was looking after you know, planning the service, choosing the, the songs, organizing the band, all the practical stuff, and kind of training musicians theologically and, and musically. Um, and I've, I've kind of kept that up. So in, in Oxford, we're a member of a city center church called St. Ebbs, and we're on the music team there. My wife, Heather, 
um, is also from Northern Ireland. She's from Castle Dawson. Good. Uh, and um, she's a, a pianist and works for an organisation that resources church music called Music Ministry. That's a plug. <laughs> <laughs> we'll remember that, yes. Um, so we, we're, we're on the music team together. And um, my research, actually my academic research is um, in New Testament. But what I'm looking at is the, a study of the development of early Christian hymnody. So the role and impact of the New Testament in um, the, what we now know as kind of singing and hymns, I guess. But, you know, it looked very different in the first century. But um, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't given up on the music. <laughs> no, that's excellent. That's, well, during this whole pandemic thing, uh, has that affected you and, and, and the church you work with very much? Well, yeah, the, the, yes. So like everyone, it's been it's had a massive effect on on life and work um, in certain respects on my work, slightly less so than it could have done, because I mean, I can I've got a study space here. I can kind of carry on working. The, the main frustration for me has been a lack of access to certain resources and libraries and things like that. Um, and you know, my supervisor was ill with the virus for oh. a number of months. Um, so that was, you know, obviously that was, that was difficult as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I can't really complain in that I haven't had this year anyway, a kind of financial pressure from the pandemic that, that many, very many people have um, because my work and funding haven't been affected by that. Mm -hmm. um, the church has been, has been great. So the church has, has worked very hard to um, keep community kind of going despite being shut down for, for a long period. I mean, we are meeting physically on Sundays again and things will ramp up next week when the restrictions lift a bit more. But the church started doing little 15 minute daily services on YouTube. Um, right. So every day there was a 15 minute service with a, a few songs and a, a sermon. Um, Sundays have been um, live streamed and, um, and home groups have been a big part of it. So um, Heather and I lead a home group for, I guess you would say grown-ups in, in the church. So it's a kind of mixture of various ages and stages. Um, and we've been meeting over Zoom weekly to pray for each other, study the Bible. Um, and I've been leading a student Bible study group as well, um, which meets weekly during term time. Um, so we've had quite a, you know, quite a big uh -huh. um, emphasis on retaining community and you know, meeting together as much as we can. Yeah, would most of your of your congregation be young, be young like students and so forth? It, it sort of fluctuates because Oxford um, has absurdly short terms. The actual teaching term are, are kind of eight weeks long at a time. So the students arrive and disappear um, for these eight, eight week blocks. And during term time, the church runs a student service that is oh. mostly populated by students at 11.45. Um, it also has a 9.45 service, which is families, long-standing members of the church, um, a 4 p.m. service, which is, um, I would describe as outreach to the local city and the kind of parish area, which is a bit more deprived and um, a bit more kind of mixed in terms of um, backgrounds and experience. And then there's a 6.30 service as well, which is, um, I suppose, younger professionals and some students would go to. So they're kind of four services that each have a slightly different focus, uh -huh. but there's a yeah. mm -hmm. migration between them as well. Uh-huh. 
That's a very busy day then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I, we, we go to the 945 service. Um, oh. So we're kind of invested in one congregation and our home group is based in that congregation as well. Uh-huh. 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 It's, it's, there's less of a culture of, you know, you go to every service on a Sunday. It's more, there's more of a kind of invest in a particular um, ministry. Group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, that is very, very different to Crockett, as you'll understand. Do you have any memories of Valley Crocken and any uh, anything you can recall, either funny or indeed <laughs> encouraging? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I credit a great deal of where I am today with ex- experiences of being in Valley Crocken, not least the music. I was sort of thrown into the music. Mm-hmm, you were. You know, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity and it sort of set the trajectory. Nowadays, I play a lot more guitar than piano. Ah. Um, but... You know that it's the journey kind of started there. Um, Heather plays more piano than me <laughs> these days. <laughs> so it's a musical household, yeah. That's that's yeah. wonderful. And and also even you know I mentioned theology being, you know, influenced by by working with with Craig and mm-hmm. you know we used to meet up weekly. Craig, myself, and Kate Weatherup, now Kate yes. Passmore. Mm-hmm. Um, we we met up weekly and read Romans together, and you know you spent a lot of time digging into the text, um, and that was part of what sparked my interest in studying the Bible, studying the New Testament. Um, Craig was definitely an influence there, mm-hmm. uh, and actually at my master's thesis um, from just two years past there, uh, my MPhil thesis was on Romans six, oh. um, and you know I, I I kind of blame Craig for getting me into that. <laughs> That's, that's wonderful. Great, great. So this is where you are now, and you'll, you'll be appointed a curate. You've no, you've no control over that, where that is. Isn't that correct? Well, I, they're not going to force me to go anywhere, if I could put it like that. I mean, the way it works is your sending bishop sort of has first dibs on you. So what oh. he will do is he will look at all the spaces he has in his, the area of his, he's the, oh, right. okay. the bishop in, in Kensington the Kensington area of London. Um, and he will look at his gaps and he'll say, okay, I think this church particularly fits Andrew. So I will introduce the, the incumbent and him and get them to see whether you know, they both think it would work. And either one of us could say, actually, I don't think this will work. Um, or we could both say, you know, it does. Or the bishop might not have anywhere that fits. Um, he's got about 20 ordinands for about four spaces every year. So his diocese is a exporting diocese, really. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so it's it, it's a bit of a uncertain process. It begins so I'm, God willing, being ordained in 2022, summer 2022. Um, the process begins more or less now. Mm-hmm. So the bishop, will, the bishop is right now going away and thinking about, you know, what spaces he has, and he will write some letters telling us what he's thinking we'll get <laughs> in the next few months. So it's right. a bit uncertain, but that, that's how it's done. Yeah. No, I'm asking because we're in the middle of calling a new minister to Valley Crocken, and of course the whole procedure is entirely different in the Presbyterian yes. tradition. Uh, but that's interesting. Yeah. So the future for you then will be accuracy, and then you'll think after that. Tell us a bit about your family because they've all been extraordinarily quiet, which I think is fantastic, yeah. <laughs> given you yep. three small children. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're they're they are downstairs at the minute, probably causing havoc. Um, so. Um, yeah, I got married in 2011, and we have three young children now. We've got a, a daughter, Evie, um, who is 
five turning six this summer. Then Jamie, who is three turning four in about uh, two weeks' time. And then Hal, who is one and a half. He was born in December um, last year. Um, so, yeah, we're fairly fairly busy with kind of five, three, and one. You certainly are. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Evie, Evie's thriving in, in school. She's very glad to be back in school in person rather than, mm-hmm. you know, school on a laptop. And, and Jamie, thankfully, Jamie was in nursery. Nursery was still happening for a lot of the last lockdown. So uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Jamie was still going. And Hal is sort of mercifully oblivious to, <laughs> to everything. <laughs> I think I would worry about him if, if he didn't have older siblings. I would worry that he wasn't getting interaction with other children. But because he has, you know, mm-hmm. siblings to keep him keep him busy. They certainly will. They certainly will. It's been brilliant talking to you, Andra, um, because we, as I say, we we knew you were in England. We knew you were doing theology, but we didn't know uh, exactly where you were. Or now that we know you're in Oxford, is there anything in particular you would like us as a church family in Ballycrocken to be praying for you? That's very kind. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, life is busy at the minute, so um, you could pray for us as a family to. Uh, prioritize good family life and keeping the gospel at the center of, of of family life it's very easy for me to focus on the bible kind of becomes work as i'm mm-hmm. Know, mm-hmm. reading texts in greek and hebrew and things like that and just get kind of lost in it so pray that i would be a good um spiritual kind of leader for the for the family in that sense and keep us focused on the main thing um and i feel like i've got a lot of work to do to get to where i need to be i've got a hundred thousand words uh, to write by by next summer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, a lot of research to do you certainly have well thank you very much for your time and for talking to us and it's been really interesting to catch up in the news and we will be praying for you and if you are back in bangor visiting your bangor family you must make sure to come and visit us i would love to yeah next time we're back i'll try and pop in we don't Please get back do. as often as i'd like but um, i know i know And this past year has been unusual for everybody. Uh, But we would love to see you again and we'd love to see you and Heather and the children. So uh, please bear that in mind. And again, thank you very much. And I hope all goes well for you in the next months, seeing how the next months are going to be quite critical for you. And uh, I hope we hear more from you later on. So thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. from G-
Psalm 51 God, be merciful to me because you're loving. Because you're always ready to be merciful, wipe out all my wrongs. Wash away all my guilt and make me clean again. I know about my wrongs and I can't forget my sin. You are the only one I've sinned against. I have done what you say is wrong. You're right when you speak and fair when you judge. I was brought into this world in sin. In sin my mother gave birth to me. You want me to be completely truthful. So teach me wisdom. Take away my sin and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Make me hear sounds of joy and gladness. Let the bones you crushed be happy again. Turn your face from my sins and wipe out all my guilt. Create in me a pure heart, God and make my spirit right again. Do not send me away from you or take your Holy Spirit away from me. Give me back the joy of your salvation. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit.
Well, once again, time has caught up with us here on Life Lounge. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged by the worship and by the real-life stories presented to us by Marty and by Andrew. And in closing this Life Lounge, allow me to pray for us. God with us as we make courageous choices. God with us when we need more courage. May we be filled this Pentecost with your spirit to stand up and speak out. To make a better future for friends and strangers, for neighbours and enemies. May the grace we receive inspire new life so our message of hope overcomes our fears. Amen. Join us again on Life Lounge. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. Turning back Will you decide